please be advised. Spoiler alert episode. Spoiler. Please be advised. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. What? We're going to do a... a a bright spoiler app? Because you deserve it, and you've <laughs> earned like, it. Sounds like a punishment. Yeah, it did, did, didn't it? Well, you yeah. guys didn't do your chores, so now, yep, you so now to, you're getting a bright spoiler yeah, we're app. we're going to talk about yeah. a really bad Netflix film. Yes, that costs $90 million. That should make you mad. Yeah, it should. It should. As a clear-thinking American, it's a cl- <laughs> that should make you angry. It's like you're from some evangelical super PAC. As a hygienic Christian, yes. you should always... Yes. and as a hygienic as Christian, <laughs> it should make you angry. $3.5 million for the script. Yes. Yes. If that doesn't make you... As an English teacher, as that an... should make you angry. <laughs> as an Englishman. As yes. A, as, yes. A, as, a, as a... In Her Majesty's Secret Service, yes. that should make that you should mad. That should also make you mad. But we've got a sponsor for this. Uh, that doesn't uh, make me mad, Chris. That yes, makes me no. very happy. No, and this apple. is a... This is a, It does it. It's, it should make you happy. I'm so happy. Yeah, it's... Uh, and we have a new sponsor. <gasps> we've ding, never ding, had ding, before ding, ding. New sponsor sound effect. Simple Contacts. Simple Contacts is a convenient way to renew your contact lens prescription and re- reorder your brand of contacts from anywhere in minutes. It's vision care <gasps> simplified. Mm. What I find fascinating about this is you can actually, um, they have an app where you can actually take your eye exam on the app and order your contacts. Oh, so you don't fantastic. even you don't even have to go to a doctor's office. Wow! So it's really cool. That it's, is simple. Uh, convenience, uh, and you can uh, get your brand of contacts in minutes. No more doctor's office or waiting room. Speed. The vision test takes like less than five minutes. Reliability. Choice. And uh, all the brands of lenses, it's support. You get great customer support and savings. The vision test is only 20 bucks. Well, that's like unbelievable how convenient mm-hmm. and, and cheap that is. That's, so. like, that's a great deal. There is one little disclaimer. Um, this isn't a replacement for your periodic full eye health exam. Um, so, you know, the app's not going to help if you have glaucoma. Let's go get that checked out. <laughs> yeah, go to yeah. an eye doc. Go yeah. to an eye doctor and get that checked out. <laughs> but then once you just want to redo your, once you've had that, then just boom, boom on the app and get your you're contact done. sent to your house. You're set. Now Every- you're all ready to watch movies yes. with clear vision. Even bad ones. Now you you want to take your contacts out for, to watch Bright. Bright. Yeah. Just take them out and, and put a hot towel over your head mm. and just sort of listen to it. Yes, yes. And then you'll get less angry. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> so, but we're not going to let you guys pay full price. $30 off your contacts at simplecontacts.com slash CFN. That's simplecontacts.com slash CFN. S-I-M-P-L-E-C-O-N-T-A-C-T-S dot com. And, or you can enter the code CFN at checkout. Get your eyes right. Yeah. Get your eyes right and have those contacts shipped right to your home. Boom. And uh, we've got some Patreon sponsors. Well, look at this now, Chris. Yeah. They, you know, you'd think for the Patreon sponsors, they only get mentioned on the main oh, episode. No, oh, no. No, sir. Unless we forget, they get mentioned on the spoiler apps. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a podcast that watches mostly classic horror movies to figure out horror movie fandom. That's FrightfullyUninformed.com. And also, Johnny Rulon has a book called Green Cheek, A Junkie's Guide to Street Magic. It's on Amazon, both digital and hard copy. It's an experimental stream of consciousness novel, which follows the exploits of the muse Calliope and her immortal lover T.S. 
on a journey through time, dreams, and the hidden places of a supernatural America. Facebook.com slash Happy Horror Show Productions. Support the show. That's $50 a month. Uh, you get your, your URL read, your business, and uh, so that's a cool tier you can go to the Patreon and get. And then folks just listening, if you want to you know, check these websites out, that's a good way to help support the show. Uh, for free, just click on the sponsors' links and and let them know you're there. Let them know you found them through ComedyFilmNerds.com. Please do. Now let's talk about Bright. Now first, let's talk about Come the on, ending. God How damn it. ridiculously God stupid damn the it, ending Chris. was. <laughs> now, uh, at when the movie started and they were saying we're looking for a magic one, but only one in a million can hold it. Wouldn't mm. you immediately know? Oh well, Will Smith's going to be able to hold a magic wand. Of like, course, he's going to be able to. Yeah. He's going to be the Bright. Yeah. And they kept talking about one in a million and that person's life changes. Yeah. So I was like, well, so when is Will Smith going to hold this thing? Yeah, exactly. It's it like, like a, how long? why is it taking so long for him to hold the wand? And then why did they keep talking about this Ragnarok reckoning guy coming back or whatever? That asshole never showed nope, up. No, never showed up. They just talked about it and how the orcs picked the wrong side many years ago. And uh, uh, I think the thing that made me laugh the most was just Elf Town, like the Rodeo Drive where all the rich elves would, mm-hmm. would shop. And it was like so ridiculous. Um, it, they were, it was so many missed opportunities. Yes. And just and like they could have. I saw what they were trying to do. You know, the orcs are are, you know, there's gangs and and they're 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 treated like less than right. and the elves are the rich people. They're the poverty class. The elves are the elite. Mm-hmm. And uh, OK, I get that. And the humans are somewhere in between. Right. Uh, so there's a lot of opportunity for you know, commentary and, and even satire, but there was there was nothing there. There was the you know the uh, um, the the biggest commentary was like, oh, you're trying to be more human. You uh, you cut your tusks off or whatever, like your yeah. teeth. That was the one thing that Joel Edgerton's character had. He had like the uh, the lower tusks or, or fangs yeah. were were shaven down. Yeah, so he's like a sellout, mm-hmm. right? He's, he's, yeah. he's a sellout <laughs> mm-hmm. in, in Orc land, mm-hmm. and um. But just seeing the orcs in gang clothes, I'm like, it looked like some, it looked like a four year old was making this movie. It really, I'm like, are we supposed to buy this as a serious drama? Really? I know. Really? And I just like, and and if they're trying to make it as a serious drama, then why do they have all of this like tired? Like it's honestly like they just went to like. Uh, a script vault from late 80s or early 90s action movies. They went to 90s cliche town. Yeah, it was, <laughs> what, it was all 90s. It's, it's like when Tom Cruise makes one of those movies and you're like, yeah. oh, he made a 90s action movie. Right. Like, mm-hmm. you had so many... You know, Will Smith, is, he, he he could have taken any line from Bad Boys right. or any of those. It, like, it like felt like it was just a search and replace on the script. Just, you know, occasionally use the word orc. It's like when Arnold went in his heyday and, you know, the rumor was there was just a guy on set that just wrote those like, I'll be back. I'll be back. You mm-hmm. know, if he bleeds, we can kill it. Like, <laughs> so there was just like Will Smith has his guy just right. going. <laughs> From know. the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> and there's supposed to be this heavy thing. And, and, and if they're trying to be serious and show like the severity of it. Then when they're about to die, don't have them just like, ha-ha, joking while they're behind a cop car getting shot at. Right, exactly. Like, that was the thing. And, and I know this is the director from End of Watch. Um, and Suicide Squad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So End of Watch had some decent stuff in it, but then it mm-hmm. sort of fell apart a little bit. But it, one of the things that I did like about End of Watch was the partnership of the cops. The banter was not during a gunfight. 
Well, but the banter is like they're driving down the street and they're just talking about their personal lives. It also shows what an uneven director he is. Like, because uh, you see the same problem with like with Suicide Squad, where you know it was supposed to be this dark, gritty movie. Then the studio came in and like, well, no, we got to lighten it up and put more jokes in and have Will Smith do quippy lines and. You know, and just play a Will Smith character from a half a dozen Will Smith movies. Ex- exactly. So you can't put those together and make them mesh properly. I mean, he can't. What I'm saying is you, there is a way to do right. it. He can't do it. Um, so, you know, the script was a mess and uneven. The directing was a mess and uneven. And, like, I- I'll give Will Smith a lot of credit. He did the best he could with what he had to work yeah. with, which was Same next with Joel to nothing. Edgerton. Joel Edgerton, too, yeah. And, and I, Joel Edgerton was, was trying to... He's got that same kind of presence where he can be really menacing, whereas he played completely uh, a different type of character in this. Well, if you take, if you strip away all the makeup, uh, he was really just kind of the put upon, you know, junior partner who was just trying to get by. Yeah, and I think, I think, <clears throat> so we've seen this. I mean, this is like when Tyne Daly was in a Dirty Harry movie. You know, this like she had to prove herself. You know, as a as a female cop with big bad Harry Callahan. Right. And and had to earn his respect, right? So there's some things, and actually, uh, Joel Edgerton's character was the only character that I thought had some decent depth and character arc by comparison. Right? To the rest yeah, of the yeah. It's, it's a relative term, Be- because for sure. his orcs are battling with the cops. I mean, the movie opens with there's a so um, Will Smith is gunned down by an orc. Yes. And he's like a year removed from this and he's mm-hmm. still having flashbacks or whatever. Right. So And you don't really learn what happened until later. Right. Which is which is fine. That's that, fine. Yeah. That's fine. And then you understand that orcs are you know, they're just mainly all in gangs and they're the enemy and we fought them in some great battle in Russia that they just sort of allude to, which I was like, Okay, fine. And so they talk about, oh, he's part of the new diversity hire within the department, putting it, right. he's the first orc cop. Mm-hmm. So there's all these interesting things for an actor as skilled as Joel Edgerton to play with. Right. And whose side are you really on? And Will Smith mm-hmm. doesn't really trust him. The other guys in the department are like, who's your new partner? You know, there's that typical locker room stuff. Yeah, and that but was it was like, all oh. fucking. It was all littered with and weighed down with these dumb cliches. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like, oh look, you're in a, lo- a locker room full of caricatures. Yeah, oh, it it's, was... it's a two dimensional locker. <laughs> yeah, patrol. Mm-hmm. And like, we well, know we're gonna see them again. And, and it's like, even like, you know, I like, uh, you know, know Margaret Cho. We know Margaret Cho, right. and I like her. And they gave her literally nothing to work with. And what an all. interesting thing it could have been. Right, Margaret Cho. And a Latino cop, I believe, and another couple cops find the wand, and their thing is, we're going to kill this orc. Right. And Will Smith, you need to make a decision. That was an interesting- Moral quandary. Moral quandary, and Mm -hmm. instead of the old, like, we found $50,000 in drugs- Right. We found this magic wand that right. has the untold powers of the universe. Yes, and it never is, gets explained why, well, only a bright can touch it, but how come everyone can use it? Right. If we're all excited about using it, but I thought only one in a million can touch it. Right. So so, <laughs> so that's another one of those things they just threw out. Right. <laughs> and I'm sure they're like, well, we'll explain it in the sequel. Yeah. Oh, great. They're or I can just wear a glove and use it. Yeah. Can I do, is that okay? <laughs> just like an electrician. Right, yeah. <laughs> There's got to be a magic glove. Yeah. Um, but then, so that was, again, such a great, like, oh, that could have been such a cool 
storyline, a cool scene. Yeah. Where I mean, it was kind of cool, and this is the like how Will Smith is an, is a movie star. So he's able to make it engaging enough to where you're like, oh, he knows they're going to kill him too. How's he going to get out of this? Or right. is he going to flip on his partner and just let him gun his partner down? Right. You know? And wow, what a great moral quandary. And they're taking that classic moral quandary of the cops finding, like I said, the drug or the bag of money. Or right. The, you know, mm-hmm. hey, these drug dealers, we're doing good, you know? And it's like, all right, you know. Mm-hmm. And We're getting it off the streets. Yeah, right. We're getting it mm-hmm. off the streets. But they're just like cold hearted and, and but again, it's written not that great. It's two dimensional. And you have the uh the Latino gang and the gang members, like the one guy in a wheelchair, and you have uh uh <laughs> where it reminded me a little bit of the expendables, like, you know, when you see them all getting gunned down first by, you know, the guns, then by the the bad elves, you're like how many are in this gang? Right. How many? There's, there's like a hundred people in this gang, and uh, then you realize, oh, it's like the Expendables. The same four stuntmen just keep getting killed over and over yeah. again. <laughs> they just come back. But it was so, and I, th- I, I, it's a testament to Will Smith and Joel Edgerton that I was, and Nomi Rapace, although she's not in it very much, Mm-mm. um, that I was remotely engaged at times. There was times right. I was really engaged, and then mm-hmm. I would go, God. Because the actors were carrying it. Right. The, the actors a- were carrying the film. We're absolutely carrying it. And the premise. Mm-hmm. The premise right. was interesting enough. Mm-hmm. And Nomi Rapace. Oh, she's the bad elf, and there's some bad elf... Prophecy. Prophecy. Mm-hmm. And there's a group of crazy elves that want to make this prophecy of this mm-hmm. guy that they keep talking about that we never see or hear about, and that storyline just fades away. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, so many potentially cool things. And then... The one elf, the orcs have a giant hole in the ground. Yeah, that like you know uh, the hand dug. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. All this cool stuff. Um, to get to the dragon bones. And the other thing too, to get to the dragon bones. <laughs> They're mining mithril, guys. Mithril. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's a great point that you bring up. Um, the defenders. Yes. And the culmination of all those Marvel Netflix things. When this series, or when this, that's funny, huh? when this movie started, I thought it was a, it was the beginning of a series. Right. When it ended. Because of Alien Nation. Of Alien Nation, which was a movie that became a TV series. Mm-hmm. When it ended, I thought, oh, that's the pilot episode just ended. Right. Like, they they did this thing. It's like, why did they do, like, Make this a series. It would be more interesting as a series. You could, you could, all these storylines, you're, I have no problem if you drop these into a 13 or 10 episode arc. Yeah. And then you spend Mm -hmm. a whole episode talking about this thing. And maybe develop at least one of the characters. One of the characters (laughs) over 10 hours finally gets a fucking third (laughs) dimension to its personality. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, may have a bit of an inner dialogue. Wouldn't that be interesting if like we spent a whole episode on Nomi Rapace and the, and the crazy evil elf section. Right. The hand of the elves, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, the elf hand. Why the elf hand? <laughs> why are they like that? Well, it's a you know, alienation is a great template for that too. Because when you saw the movie, you're like, okay, well, I could see this as a as a TV show, and it became a TV show. But um, and all these other stories were explored. So uh, you know, the fact that they greenlit a sequel for the film, I'm like, is that really the right way to go? I mean, in the right hands, if you get a good showrunner, you could actually make this a really interesting uh, television series. Yeah. 
And for $90 million, you could make 10 $9 million episodes. Yeah, just fire Max Landis and uh, David Ayer. $3.5 million for that yes. script. Mm-hmm. You know, 20 of that had to go to Will Smith, at least. Sure. Oh, yeah, Will Smith got a huge and portion you of could that. never lock him down long enough to do a series, so. Right. But that's the problem, yeah. is they were like, we've got Will Smith, and it's like, I don't, this is the thing I don't get about Netflix. I'm assuming all of these series are getting crazy views, right? Because Netflix is, they, they don't have- they don't release the numbers. They don't release the numbers, and they're not, they don't care about Nielsen ratings. Mm-hmm. So really what they just need is a constant flow of new content to keep up their subscriber base, right? That's right. their business model. And, the, the, you know, they're looking at how, who's watching what, and they said it was their highest rated movie ever. Uh, was as bright. Far, it was bright, yeah. But now, well, keep in mind, first of all, it was their highest budget- it was their most promoted, and it had one of their biggest stars ever. I mean, Will Smith is one of the biggest stars in the world. So um, you put all those things together. It's not necessarily the content that sold, you mm-hmm. know, that made it the most wide, uh, widely viewed movie in Netflix history. It was really, you know, your your star and your uh, your marketing that you did because this movie was marketed months and months and months well, there before must have release. Been an additional 10 to 30 million dollars in marketing on top easily, of this. Easily, easily. And the thing that this is what I just I guess I just don't understand why they're doing this and when I read articles as we talked about in the regular episode and I've mm-hmm. talked to some other people but I've read articles of like how can they sustain this business model. Right. Well, it did conspicuously coincide with a uh, raise in the price of Netflix. It went up a buck. Oh. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. But even even that is like not enough no. to cover what they're spending in content. Yeah, certainly not. Mm-hmm. But that's curious to me because I would think the, because all these Marvel series, no bankable stars. No, no you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. You're just going on the Marvel name, and they might disappear from Netflix too. Right. So a, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? Wouldn't the bright series make be, more sense? Because yeah, I mean. You're not going to Netflix for blockbuster stars. You're just going there for cool content. Yes, something that you're not seeing on networks or cable. Right. That's Everyone, where you're going to streaming. Lately, I've seen everybody online talk about Black Mirror. Right. There's no there's no big names that I'm aware of in Black Mirror. Uh, there's definitely uh, some stars that are in Black Mirror. Uh, but here's the thing. They're one-offs. So you have a star in Black Mirror. They're in one episode, right. and that's it. Um, I think Domhnall Gleeson was in one. Yep. Um, and also, uh, as well as yeah, uh, Ron Howard's daughter, Bryce Dallas. Howard. Bryce Dallas Howard was in one. Like, so you have them in one-offs because they're basically shot like little mini movies. Right. Um, so, who, who are some of the other? Uh, were there any other big names? But but the, uh, I mean, even Domhnall Gleeson wasn't. You know, he wasn't what he is wasn't now. Wasn't huge at the time. And yeah. Haley Atwell was in that. You know, before. But Amy even Cryer. that, the the way Black Mirror isn't that heavily marketed. No. And it's mm-hmm. not marketed as look at Dom Hall Gleason and Bryce Dallas Howard. Exactly. It's yeah. like Black Mirror, cool concept, cool right. Netflix thing. Yep. Twilight Zone for the digital age. That's what. That's how it's marketed, and that's, you know, and that's how it's uh, um, uh, presented. And it do, like you said, it doesn't have this giant marketing budget behind it. Like, and it just but take, a lot of Netflix shows don't. Right, and they mm-hmm. take off. Mm-hmm. So it's like I just I'm 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 really confused. Unless it's the thing you talked about in the regular episode of, of there's rumors that they're trying to get Apple to buy them. So maybe that's right. why they're like, look, we can get Will Smith and Joel Edgerton. I, yeah, I, I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know. I think uh, 
you know, I did hear that rumor where instead of Apple, because everyone's going to original content and Apple's probably eyeing like, well, do we want to create our own content or do we just want to buy a content provider? But, you know, you look at Netflix's debt and you wonder, like, is this is this a good buy or not? Now, they have a huge revenue stream. I mean, yes. it's like hundreds of millions of dollars every month. Right. Come in. So, but still, when I see like six, they're spending six billion dollars. They have billions of dollars of debt. I don't know. I'm really, I'm really curious because all yeah, it what's takes. Yeah, the, what's the long term, uh, you know, what's the long term projections on it? All it takes is some disruptor or some new company to come in or some new bunch of series to come on some other streaming service or some other way to get this and then. Well, you know what is happening is that uh, they're slowly losing their content because everyone's starting their own streaming services. CBS is starting all access. So, you know, HBO uh, Go, HBO Go. So what's going to happen is when these this ha- it happened with Star, uh, when the Star used to have all of this content on Netflix and then when uh, Star's the license expired, they canceled it and they had a lot of uh, movies and shows and all those things. And all of a sudden, all that content got pulled. It's going to happen with Disney because Disney is starting their own streaming service. So they're going to pull all content from, you know, there too, which could be those Netflix superhero shows. We don't know yet. We don't know what these deals are going to look like. And also with Disney buying Fox, now are those shows going to disappear too from Netflix? So, because if you look at Netflix, not all TV series end up there. Only certain ones do. And, you know, you look at like, all right, well, what makes one end up on Netflix and what makes one end up on Hulu or whatever? And the answer is licensing deals. Whoever makes the deal with that uh, network gets the content. So in a way, it's good for the consumer, but in a way, it's also bad because there's no one place you can get all the content you want as a consumer. Like you literally like, well, if there's a show I like on Hulu, I got to subscribe to Hulu. If there's, if I want the new Star Trek show, I got to go CBS All Access. If I want Black Mirror, I got to do Netflix. So everything is getting seg- uh, segregated. So it's interesting to see how that's going to play out. Like our consumer is going to say, all right, I'll pay for three streaming services. All right, I'll pay for one. All right, I'll pay for two. Like, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to all shake out. Yeah, because I look at my own patterns mm-hmm. and I just have Netflix. Yeah, I don't do Hulu. I don't do Amazon Prime. So because we because we have kids, we do Netflix and Amazon Prime because there's a lot of content on both. Uh, but but those you don't are the do all three. Have. No, we and don't. You don't do CBS. W- no. Nope. Would you do Prime just as a streaming service? Because you obviously you get that tied into the service of Prime, the, the shipping of Prime. You know what? If it was just streaming, I'm not sure. Yeah, right. Uh, until the Lord of the Rings series comes out, so <laughs> then then I'm on board. <laughs> but uh, as far as Prime goes, like I love the free shipping. See, that's one thing that Netflix doesn't offer because they're not a giant retailer as well. Uh, but Prime does have a lot of stuff for the kids. Like, so we are we use it for you know the old Batman and Superman cartoons and things like that. So the other thing that we like about Amazon, and now this isn't part of Prime, is that instead of paying uh, a certain amount of money every month to get DVDs delivered, like the way Netflix does, uh, we just do on demand. All right, I'll pay three dollars for a movie I want to see right now, mm-hmm. and that's that's an easier way to pay because mm-hmm. sometimes we found. We're so busy, even if it's a kid's movie like the kids want to see, we'd have a disc sitting in our house for like two, three weeks. You know, and that's how, you know, they would make money because we're not sending discs back. Mm. 
So it's all changing, which is exciting. And uh, uh, it's interesting to see because you know these companies haven't completely figured it out yet. There's definitely some trial and error. Well, yeah, so it's, it's everything's kind of fractioning, fractioning off, but then you've got like YouTube doing these skinny bundles. YouTube is now getting into the cable provider business and they're just, you can subscribe to YouTube Red and get like, I don't know what it is, but it's like six to 10 network shows. Like right. YouTube is getting into this because, because I think the channels- HBO is too. Well, they're realizing mm. that we don't want to be tied to these cable companies. The cable right. companies are scrambling because mm -hmm. even the sports, like the the sports leagues, are like. Because you see people like like Major League Baseball, so for like eighty or ninety dollars you can watch your team, for one hundred and thirty you watch every game like that, and that's how I watch the Cubs. Yep, and Me it's too. like. Go it, cards. Yeah, the Sorry. World Series Cubs from 2016. The Cards haven't won in a while, so 2011. I don't know. <laughs> 2011. Okay. You don't know what you know what Aaron's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> the 20 the 2017 NL Central Division champ Cubs. Yes, so we're talking about them. <laughs> sure. So, but that's I look at my my patterns, and I used to always like when I was really I'm not as much into sports, but I was oh I got to get cable because I got to get ESPN and all the sports leagues and stuff. But now it's just like I'd rather just watch, and I watch games. Because baseball's every day on my phone. If I'm working at home, since the Cubs play a lot of day games, I'll just have it on the TV in the background while I'm working. I did that with uh, the WNBA when I started watching the Sparks. That that league pass is like 16, 17 bucks for the entire <laughs> season. But that's the same thing too. And and then they like the WNBA archives games. So then I was watching my patterns. I'm like, well, I didn't even watch this game live. Right. I'm just going to, and I do that with the Cubs sometimes too. And so I would do that if you just said, well, you can get ESPN for six bucks a month and then I'm paying $90 for the Cubs. You know what I mean? Like I would just cherry pick the things that I want and then I'm already paying whatever I'm paying just for Netflix. Right. And I think the net, like what CBS is doing and what, HBO goes price point is too high. Yes. Um, but if you if everyone got smart and kept it in the five six dollar range, right, then you could go. Oh, I'll just buy. You know, AMC, Comedy Central, yes, whatever you're packing, whatever I'm watching, whatever I'm watching, and mm -hmm. get those six channels. And that terrifies the cable companies. Yeah, fuck them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they yeah. fought it. There was a, a congressional bill that was out maybe five to ten years ago. John McCain was one of the big guys behind it. And it was like a la carte cable. Yeah. And they fought it like crazy, and now it's right. just happening anyway. Yeah, it's happening just in a different way. Well, they're way. just getting rid of net neutrality. That's now that, that's what's oh, rising. My, yeah. That's, uh, we'll see if that gets restored. I hope it does. Uh, but my favorite part of net neutrality is uh, that um, the, the cable companies who fought so hard to get it are like, oh, no, well, we're not going to change anything. We're not going to, oh, well, if you say you're not going to, then that's, uh, we believe you. Always trust yeah. a big corporation, yeah. especially yeah. telecom. Now, yeah. what's interesting is that there were a lot of giant companies against it, but it still went through. Like, you know, you know Google's not a small company, <laughs> and neither is Apple, and they, they fought it, and but it didn't matter. It was, it was going through. Agit Pie, what, like five, three, four, five people made this decision that 90% mm. of the country didn't want? Right. Mm, that sounds familiar. Huh. Uh, it's still, it's still so, a representative democracy. Yeah. Today. It's still there. <laughs> so now let's talk about more about Bright as far as like uh, in a broader sense of movies actually being on Netflix exclusively. 
Like, Bright never came out in the movie theaters. It was exclusive to Netflix. I'm actually... Really going to miss out on those Oscar nods. Yeah, it's, yeah I don't know. You know, it, it's interesting. It didn't do a qualifying run. I thought it would do a qualifying run to try to get, like, hair and makeup or one of the, yeah, possibly the effects nominations, but it didn't even bother. There was a, there was no qualifying They saw War for, for the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. They knew yeah. it Yeah, it, 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 the release date is very curious. So I'm actually, you know... I like the concept of Netflix having original movies and having them stream only on Netflix, but they've they've just been awful. I mean, their documentaries have been good, but as far as like their narrative, like it's like Adam Sandler deals and you know and uh, you know Bright and like like they're just the War Dog yeah, one we watched. Yeah, War Dog. It's like I don't, there doesn't seem to be a quality control for the uh, feature division. Yeah, it's interesting. Especially, yeah, their, their episodic is so good. Yes, mm-hmm. and even the ones that miss the mark are still like still re- interesting. Still interesting. There's mm-hmm. still a lot of really good elements in there. Right. They're still spending a lot on those though too. Like yeah. the Crown's yes. pilot was five million. Like right. They're, but there seems out. to be like you know people in charge of those. <laughs> the, the, the films, the films seem to be like, well, just let them people do, give people a bunch of money, and let them do whatever they want. Or, or it could, it could be if you look at so the showrunners they're hiring, Orange is the New Black, and are like proven solid showrunners. Right. A lot of them, they're and, putting together, um, you know, tight shows, tight shows. But then mm-hmm. they're hiring the wrong director. Right. For, like, for the features. For yeah. the features. That's what it feels like. You know, it's like, oh, a Kevin James movie, Rob Schneider, Adam Sandler. Really? Is this. Well, the Sandler thing, I mean, I get that in the sense that. They're getting the views on him. They're getting the views because he, he the, one of the movies crashed the servers. Mm-hmm. So Sandler movies were always just like movies for stoners. Right. So you used to go to the video store. You never saw it in the theater. You go to the video store and rent the Adam Sandler movie and you sit there and get baked and watch it. Now you right. just do it with Netflix. Right. So that I almost except for the cobbler, <laughs> but those I'm like I almost give those a pass mm-hmm. because they're a specific uh, market. It's Adam Sandler; he has a fan base. The people who watch him, who love those movies, love them. Fine, you know, it's like the Saw movies or something. Like it's right. they have their fan base. I get that, but they're trying to do these like heavy narrative dramas that are making these big points, like War Dogs. Right and bright, we're trying to have, and we, I mean, there's a lot about War Dogs that we liked. We did the spoiler with Jimmy Dore. Mm-hmm. He liked it more than we did. <laughs> yeah, because he liked the message that it was what right. it was making mm-hmm. about America's war machine, and mm-hmm. and and there's no difference from we. What... You and I were more critical of the actual filmmaking sure. aspect of it. And that's it was War Machine. War, war Machine. War that's machine. right. War Machine. Um, war Dogs was, was a different one. No, right? Totally different. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> war Machine was the Brad Pitt movie that came out last year mm-hmm. on Netflix again, yes. exclusive on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Big Star. Big Star. It's th- th- there's there's a pattern emerging. Mm-hmm. Big Star. Big budget. Uneven. Yes. Too silly. It like be serious or be you know or be a full comedy. You know like right. both of them, both Bright and 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 War Machine were very uneven and had comedy in weird spots. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, like while I, trying to make significant points, like I could see Netflix funding or or uh, picking up like a Sicario or something like that. That would make more sense. It would even be more on brand for them too. Like, uh, but they're not doing it. I don't. It's at weird. least not yet. They're they're so kicking network TV's ass. Like I I don't I have, I can't remember the last time I watched a network TV hour long show episodic. I, there's none of them that I watch. Well, not, you, don't, you don't have kids, so we watch The Flash. 
Right. Yeah, and we watch, you know, some of the CW shows. Yeah, I might mm-hmm. watch some. I mean, but mm-hmm. again, those shows might be interesting. But like an uh, an hour drama? Yeah. On network TV, when's the last one you watched? I can't, yeah. even, I can't even remember. It's mm-hmm. painful. I watched that 911 because a buddy of mine's uh, going to do a like a small part on it. And man, it's awful. That's what I heard. Yeah. And so Netflix so is like, oh man, we can say whatever we want. We can do all this content stuff. And then they're... Their movies are just like, oh, like they're stuck in the '90s with their movies, yeah. Where their their episodics are so cutting edge, right? I don't get it. Right, it's a it's definitely a disconnect between the feature and TV divisions. It's like they must have hired, like, studio people that are like still thinking old business model. With, right. Oh, the movie needs to hit these points and do these things, and mm-hmm. no, it doesn't. Like people won't go buy a ticket if they don't. Like they're thinking right. old box office business model. Mm-hmm. And rather than just make an amazing piece of content that's ninety right. to one hundred and twenty minutes long, because this you know bright hit all the nineties movie points, right? The nineties cop movie. Points. It felt like it was made by yeah. a nineties studio. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. Yeah. So, um, all right. Any other uh, any other points to make? I, we went off uh, uh, basically on the on the streaming services in general, which I thought was good because it was germane to the discussion, like because. Bright is kind of like a, uh, um, it's almost a milestone. Yeah. You know, a big budget, giant effects driven, uh, buddy cop, you know, fantasy movie. Like, what's the future? Where do we go from here? Are we going to get more of these? Are we going to get less? Is Hulu going to all of a sudden pay for a $90 million movie? We don't know. Well, because this was the most streamed movie that they've ever had on Netflix and they've already greenlit a sequel, I wonder if they're like high fiving, like, oh, this is a win. Right, and I wonder if they're like, well, maybe now we should concentrate on making it better, or they're like, no, don't change a thing. We're going to do the exact same thing again. Just, hey, David Ayer, here's another $100 million. Do whatever right. the fuck you want. Yeah, yeah, Ooh. I wonder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know, I'm hoping not, but uh, you never know. All right, guys, well, let us know what you thought of the film. Yeah. And um, You know, we were pretty hard on it. Let us know if you guys thought it was uh, decent or it was like, oh, it was okay. Like, you know, I... <laughs> Um, we're a little more unforgiving. Like I know some people uh, are like, "Well, it was all right. It was a good. It was a good uh, attempt." I'm like, "No, it wasn't. It was. It was really awful film." And uh, we're not the only critics to say that. It's something like ninety percent of the critics. And it, because, and I think I'm tougher on it because Netflix has such leeway. Yeah. And can do whatever they want content-wise and prove it time and time again on their episodics. We expect a little bit I more. I expect more. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're, they're, they're making these features as though they have all these constraints that they don't. That they Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, they're not there. You don't. You deliberately uh, made sure they weren't. Oh, that's <laughs> a PG-13, so we can't put this or that in. Mm-hmm. We, there's no. You and that show. was the other thing about Bright, too. Like, you know, when you have this, you know, mix of fantasy and uh um, real life, and especially with a cop drama, did, did it need to be R? Did it really, or could this have been maybe a better PG-13 movie and, uh, you know, let more kids see it? <laughs> so it, it was also, it, it, it even felt like we got to say fuck more to make sure it's in, people know it's an R movie. Like, and, it was such yeah, bad dialogue. Well, that's part of, like, <laughs> do they even need the rating system for Netflix? Right. They don't need it. So mm-hmm. why do they have to worry? And the rating system is so stringent. If you say fuck this many times and right, it's PG-13 right. and you showed this. Well, it goes by the uh, the TV rating system. It goes, you know, it's TV-14 or TV-MA. And, you know, it's why? interesting for the uh, for the features. 
um, they're using they're not using the MPAA. They're using the TV version of the of the uh, ratings. But they don't use them on their regular series. So what does it matter? Like, there's no what rating do you need? Like, there's no constraints on any of their like Orange is the New Black or I mean, well, like, I think the ratings are um, the one thing they are useful for is just to know if your kid can watch it or not. Like that's but as far as like actually, you know, making these ratings like you don't have a marketing reason to make it uh, a certain. rating. That's what I'm not. saying. Yeah. I understand you need mm-hmm. to just after you finish it, put a rating on it so a parent knows. Right. But. So much of the construction of a feature film is you you have this like, well, is it PG-13? Is it R? We can't say this. We can't do that. Exactly. So why is Netflix you implementing that into their production process? They don't have to. They I don't, don't get to. it. It makes yeah. no sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all right. So do better on your features, Netflix. Come on, Netflix. Come on. You can do it. Ramp it up. Yeah. I, we like your business. Yes, we do. <laughs> um, your debt, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to take some of it on? Chris? I'm just wondering, you know, if I should buy stock or not. Oh, so. <laughs> I don't know if Apple's sniffing around. Maybe yeah, yeah, maybe it'll, it'll it'll jump up if Apple buys for sure. Well, that's our show, guys. Go to comedyfilmnerds.com. Follow us on all of the social medias at comedyfilmnerds. Mm-hmm. Support us, support the sponsors, and uh, um, you know, check out Patreon for sure. Mm. You know, we could use your dollars. Boom, shellacalac, like boom, everybody. And let us know we're gonna since this got released early on Patreon, you get an early cra- you get to hear it first at Patreon. Then a couple of days later, we we put it out to the wild, to the wild wild west. Let it run free. Mm-hmm. Um, let us know if that's something you're like. Oh, I'm glad I'm I, I'm paying or the, I I appreciate that or I would get a Patreon for that or that's not important to me or whatever. Yeah, let us know. We us appreciate know. your feedback. Hey guys, I had a question. Since I haven't seen Bright, is there at least a moment? Where it dawns on Will Smith's character that as a black man, racism is a thing. Does that happen in the movie at all? No. No. It doesn't. It's all about, they don't do that. They're all just like, oh, these filthy orcs. And you know what I mean? Like they don't. Everything's focused on the fantasy characters. All of the racism type stuff. Which should be an allegory. Yeah. Should be, sure. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) All right. All right. Fuck it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I think we just talked Aaron out of watching it. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, thank you, Aaron. Thank you, everybody at the All Things Comedy uh, Intergalactic Headquarters. My name's Graham Elwood. I'm Chris Bansini, and as always, remember Han, Han shot, shot first. first.